Get ready. Three, two, one, zero. You are listening to the Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Ryan Livergood, Trey Barrett, and Will Greenwood. That's right, we are the Fantasy Joes, and everybody, Khalil Mack coming to the Chicago Bears. Yeah, baby! Woo! Man, that was a weak woo. I'm lo- I, lost my voice. I, I screamed so much on Saturday when I found out, guys, I just couldn't help myself. So th- I know that we're the Fantasy Joes. We talk about Dynasty. We don't talk about, like, IDP and, and the Bears defense. But but I'm excited, and it has Dynasty implications, right? <laughs> At least implications for week one, that – Sunday night football game all of a sudden becomes much more interesting, doesn't it? No. <laughs> I'm not dying to see that. We don't talk about IDP or the Bears unless the Bears do something for IDP. And woo! No, but don't you think that game's going to be fun? I mean, it was going to be fun anyway because you've got Aaron Rodgers back. That um, offense is going to be interesting. How does Williams come out and, and, and play? Because he's got two weeks against some really good defenses, the Bears defense and the Minnesota Vikings defense, and then Aaron Jones comes back. So that's interesting. The Bears offense, are they going to get it going? Is Trey Burton going to be the real deal? There's a lot of interesting narratives that Sunday night game. But anyway, we're the Fantasy Joes. I'm Ryan Livergood, Will Greenwood, Trey Barrett. This is a Patreon episode that we're releasing to everybody. We're not going to edit this thing. It's going to be unfiltered. We're just going to talk about the season. We're going to talk about what we saw in our redraft leagues. We're going to talk about some hot bolts, spicy dicks for the year. We're going to have fun this show. So we thought, you know, let's unscript this thing and just come out and get everyone hyped for the year. So that's what we're doing. And I'm hyped about the Cleo Mac going to the Bears. I can't wait, guys. I'm so excited. All of a sudden, the Bears could contend for the playoffs. I'm not saying they're going to contend against the Vikings or the Packers for that division, but they got a shot. They could go nine and seven, right, Trey? And I am super supportive of your enthusiasm for your hometown uh, Bears. I think that the problem for me with the Bears hype is that they play in potentially one of the toughest divisions um, in the NFL as far as, you know, you've got Green Bay, Minnesota, and Detroit, who let's, let's just be honest. I mean, Minnesota is the only team in that division that plays defense other than the Bears. Um, but what you have is two elite offenses in Detroit and Green Bay. And what I think many people are expecting to be an elite offense as well as a, an elite defense in Minnesota, who, who are probably the frontrunners for the division. So I no just – I, I am um, – you know what? I, the Bears are one of the more intriguing franchises in the NFL. They've really in the last 24 months and in the last 12 months even have completely overhauled their roster. There's a lot of youth there, and there's a lot to be excited about. Um, nine and seven, I, I don't think it's impossible. I, I mean, you know, anything can happen, and I think that um, Matt Nagy's going to have a lot to say about that. It's so funny how much an acquisition like this can change fans and their expectations because there are people on sports radio here, fans calling in. It's like, the Bears 12 and four, baby, we're going to do it. And it's like, whoa, pump the brakes, pump the brakes. Yeah, because um, Khalil Mack led the, the Raiders last year to the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so put the team on his back you yeah, know too defense in the nfl you know the raiders are getting a lot of hate about this move right and uh you know I, people forget like mac was holding out like right like 
He was threatening to not play. He wasn't going to sign an extension. Like, I mean, they, they didn't have money to sign him. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it's like they got two first round picks. I mean, if people are like, oh, this is a terrible move, they, like, in all honesty, the fact that they were able to get what they did was a huge coup, in my opinion. I mean, I think that both teams, it worked out beautifully. The yeah. Bears were able to invest. They've got, the, they've got the money now because they've got a quarterback on a rookie contract. And everybody wants to just hate on the, the Raiders. But, you know, they need, an ins- they need to get some talent on that team. And they picked up – I know they gave up a second-round pick, but, you know, two first-round picks are, are nothing to scoff at. And everyone's like, oh, well, the Bears are going to be good. Those picks are going to be in the 20s. You know what? I mean, that's what Houston thought when they, when they traded their first-round pick to, the, to the, the Browns, and it ended up being the fourth overall pick. So, you know, I, I think that for, for a team that, was, that had a superstar that they could not lock up long-term, I think that they got a great package for them. So, yeah, a little I, less hate from me on the Raiders. No, I, th- I do think it's win-win. I mean, if you look at the situation and, and people that say on the other side, oh, the Bears paid way too much. Well, they've got the money to do that. They've got their – quarterback on a, on a rookie deal, uh, you know, locked up, say we want to Mitchell Trubisky. So they've got that settled. And that's the one piece that the defense was missing. This, this difference maker Roquan Smith, maybe let's hope so, but they needed a guy that could uh, a pass rusher that could get to the quarterback and they got it. So it's totally win-win Trey. I'm with you. Both teams, in my opinion, won this deal. I mean, it sucks if you're a Raiders fan, there's no question about that, but they both won. So, but anyway, we're getting into like more NFL talk and less fantasy dynasty talk. So let, let's get into fantasy talk and um, what, what do you, you know, what do we want to talk about? Unfortunately, Jarek McKinnon went down. We're not going to come on here and say, Oh, we told you so don't take Jarek McKinnon. I mean, it's just like a freak injury. The guy wasn't touched. And went down. It sucks. I love, I love injury hindsight bias though. Yeah. Oh, that person got hurt. I told you not to draft him. <laughs> boom, boom. Yeah. Check it on the box. Right. There's a lot of that on Twitter right now, which is unfortunate. Um, Cause we wouldn't, I, 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 I think he would have had an interesting year. I didn't love him in dynasty long term, but if he had stayed healthy, I think he would have had a really nice year in San Francisco, so that's unfortunate. But we, we talked about a little bit before we started recording, Alfred Morris shares. Um, what, what do we think his value is in Dynasty, guys? I mean, if he's on your waiver wire in your redraft league, you know, get him if you can. Uh, you know, he's, he's going to be worth something. Uh, probably better than the back of your bench, guys. But, Trey, what do you, what do you trade? Do you, do you want to even target him as in Dynasty? Do, do you think he's worth a – certainly a third-round pick, right? You know <sighs> – I, probably not for me, uh, unless I had a huge, huge need at running back. But here's the problem. If you have a huge, huge need at running back, giving up a third-round pick for Alfred Morris right now is a pretty bad idea. I mean, if you really want to make a splash and get a running back, like I just went out and gave a first-round pick for Kenyon Drake. There were a couple other pieces in the deal. Um, I, I would say there's a lot of guys you could go out and get that I'd feel a lot more comfortable about than, than Alfred Morris. Um, a third-round pick's not bad, but – I just think that there's other guys that you could target. Um, if he's on the waiver wire, I don't know, that's a, a different story. Uh, but the other thing, too, is I don't think many people are going to give up Alfred Morris for a third-round pick. I mean, he's in line to potentially see the starting touches, so I think it's going to take a second. I, I, if, if I had Alfred Morris on a roster, even if he was like my 10th running back, I would never trade him for a third right now. I'd either, you'd either give me a second or I'd just hold him until – you know, two more of your starting running backs go down with injury and, and then you're willing to pay that second. And if not, you know, a third is, you know what I mean? So I, I, yeah. I'd be interested to see if you could get him for a third right now. And Trey, I think that's a great tip with a situation like this where you have a running back who was signed off the streets weeks ago and you have all this hype now and now the starting running back goes down and you have your team. You could, let's say you have four just stud running backs and you have Alfred Morris on your bench. 
don't be in any hurry to sell him. Why would you ever try to improve another team for a third round pick? Like what's, what's your win there? So you're going to get like a, you know, wide receiver running back deep shot next year for potentially a couple week difference maker early on in the season for a team that can make the playoffs. And then all of a sudden there's those dudes go off and they beat you. That I think something we forget often is we only think about ourselves and our own teams and you want to be able to hoard these guys so that other people don't have them as well. And if you have a deep, typically in dynasty, you have a deep enough roster where holding Morris, it's not going to hurt you. And then if one of your guys goes down, boom, replacement. So how many redraft leagues did you guys do? Just for a couple of minutes, I want to talk about any um, insights or reactions to your redraft leagues. Cause I thought it was really interesting to see where certain guys went and uh, you know, maybe there's correlation to dynasty value. Maybe not. Um, a, a guy that's popular in dynasty circles right now, guys, is Royce Freeman. And I was telling you before we started recording, I think it's interesting how early he's gone in some drafts. Uh, people are taking him pretty early. And according to Fantasy Football Calculator for redraft leagues, it looks like he's the 18th uh, running back off the board, going right after LaShawn McCoy and Alex Collins. But he's going before Kenyon Drake, Derek Henry, Lamar Miller, Jay Ajayi, Mark Ingram. So what do you guys think of that? Because I was saying before we started recording – I think Royce Freeman might disappoint some people at least early on because for whatever reason they like Booker and Devontae Booker is going to get some run. He, you know, if, if you look at the, what's happened in the preseason, they've used Booker almost as much as they've used Freeman. I mean, obviously Freeman scored some touchdowns and looked pretty good. I mean, the guy's got incredible vision. Um, he, he sees those holes and he, and he, and he hits them, but I don't know. I, I think I'd rather have Kenyon Drake, even Derek Henry. I know that's crazy. Lamar Miller for sure. And JJ before Royce Freeman on my team. But I think I'm in the minority. What do you guys think? I think I'd take I'd take Chris Freeman over Lamar Miller right now. Uh, then I'd probably take Carry on in, in a Jai, maybe over him. But uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe Royce in front of, of Carry on. There, I, t- I took Carry on pretty early in a keeper league uh, before, just because I think that we're underselling what Carry on's upside is and and what he can do in that offense and how they've changed that team as far as their offensive line and what they can do. And I think their defense will be slightly better. They're not going to be great. But I think we're forgetting that, like, Carrion has the potential to be an RB1. And, and that wouldn't, that's not that far-fetched. So, uh, in general, I think, I think Royce Freeman belongs ahead of some of the backups that are, or like, I, maybe Royce Freeman or Derrick Henry. I might, I might take Royce. I'd probably lean Derrick Henry just because I'm high on him. But uh, I, I've fallen off that a little bit. So, like, long story short, I think he is going too high. But if you wanted to take that risk of having to start a running back for what should be an improved Broncos offensive line and team, I don't have any qualms with that. He's been, he's looked all right. I, I think this this talk of uh, of Booker being a bigger you know thorn in the side. I think that's going to go away really quickly. Booker has had every opportunity to shine, and they're keeping him there as depth and as competition. But even if Royce Freeman isn't good, he could be you know he could be a top fifteen running back by just being okay. Fair enough, uh, Trey. What what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I, I think he's looked a lot better than Devontae Booker in the preseason. I know he's averaged almost two yards a carry more than, than Booker. And I just, you know, when you, when you look at what he did in college and the production that he had in college um, and the draft capital, you know, where the, the Broncos spent a pick there at the early, the third, early in the third round, um, I think he's going to get a real shot. And I think he's got the potential to be a, a workhorse type running back, even if, uh, Devontae Booker does come in and spell him on third down sums or take a series here or there. You know, again, you know, most of the elite running backs, even guys like Le'Veon Bell are still only getting about 65 to 70% of the running back touches on their, on their NFL team. So I think for a guy like Booker to come in and get 25 to 35% of the touches, even 
um, still affords the opportunity for um, Royce Freeman to have a good season. And, and I like him there in that range. I think, you know, he's kind of the guy like Lamar Miller, I think is a very safe guy. But I really think Royce Freeman, like Will said, top 15, I don't think it's out of the question. Um, you, you know, there's a handful of guys I'm very interested to watch. Uh, they're probably neither buys nor sells for me right now in Dynasty. And just because I kind of want to see what, what's going to unfold for them. And Royce Freeman's one of those guys. And you, you guys saw that I sold, I sold Royce Freeman in the Dynasty League we're in together, uh, the League of Ballers, correct? And it was to get Michael Thomas in a Devontae Adams deal. And there's a little, there's a little other pieces in that to get some picks for next year. Uh, and I'm okay with – because people are – I mean, I feel like I got good value out of him. If he turns up being better than what I think he's going to be, yeah, I definitely lost that deal big time. But if he just turns out okay, uh, I, th- I think for this year and then with my picks next year, I think I'll be able to replenish some running backs. It's the, it's the idea that I, I don't see Royce Freeman as like a game-changing running back for your roster long-term. I think he's okay. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be serviceable for a few years. But – They'll try to replace him with some elite talent in like, you know, two or three years. And, you know, while we're talking about running backs and especially in the same range, you know, I really think that Kenyon Drake's a guy that I'm becoming a bigger and bigger fan of, uh, not just for 2018, but, but potentially for beyond. You know, I think Kenyon Drake is kind of being slept. He was taken in that same round, same range of the NFL draft early third round back in 2016 the guy went to Alabama the guy was a heavily recruited top prospect so he's got the talent he has the athleticism we saw the production last year down the stretch I mean he was the RB1 the last like what six or seven um, weeks of the uh, NFL season last year so he's done it's a small sample size I'm not calling for him to be the RB1 this year Um, but for the range at which he's going right around RB you know 15 to 17 I think that he's got a real opportunity. Like I said already, I, I, you know, just paid a first-round pick for Kenyon Drake in a dynasty league, and uh, there's another league that I've had some ongoing negotiations and, and am looking to acquire him. I think he's got a real opportunity there to burst on the scene. I know early on the presence of Frank Gore was concerning. Adam Gaze just came out this last week and said that he was expecting for uh, Drake to get 15 to 20 carries a week and, you know, five to seven catches. And, and even if that doesn't come to fruition, I think Frank Gore is an excellent guy for Kenyon Drake to learn from. And um, I, I'm just excited. I'm, I think that he's going to have an incredible 2018. And, and I think the, his, the breakout is, is coming. Yeah, I, I think Drake's interesting. I, I think definitely in 2018, I, I, I'm high on him. I, I don't know what to think about beyond 2018. It's it's a good question. I I don't know that he's necessarily a buy or a sell for me. Um, I, I don't I don't think Balaj is a big threat, although he lo- he's looked a little bit better as the as the preseason's gone on. So it, it's interesting. Will, what about you? Do you th- do you think Drake's the guy you want to go out and acquire? Are you targeting him, or are you just kind of going to wait and see, trying to sell? I'm in the I, I got it. I mean, I got a, a, a Kenyan Drake. I think I have him in two places now. Uh, I think that his upside is immense, and I'm willing to at least chance it. The thing is. He, you've never really, we haven't, we haven't seen the real Kenyon Drake. The real Kenyon Drake wasn't the running back that we saw at the end of last year, like overall when he had, when Damian Williams had to go down for him to even become even better because it's not over a whole season, but I'm willing to gamble that he's going to be really good. I just don't think that, I think that short selling Kenyon Drake is a mistake, uh, but also saying that he's going to be the RB1 for the foreseeable future is, is also, you know, it's, it's that, it's the, it's the Dolphins, man. It's like, why? Why can't he play for a good team? I just want like if Kenyon like let's say Kenyon Drake played on the Patriots, 
we would all even be like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? Kenny Drake could be the number one running back in the league this year because he's just so talented at all these things. I, I need to see more, and I'm trying to be cautious about it, but that, cautious, that, that caution might hurt me because he does have the upside to be a great pass catcher, have explosive plays, uh, and really show what his worth was and what he was missed out. And one of the quotes I heard recently was, uh, the, the person I'd be most surprised if Kenyon Drake broke out was Nick Saban <laughs> because he, he never started him in college. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Any other uh, redraft league observations and, and how you can attach that or, or kind of draw parallels to dynasty guys? And you see anything interesting that you want to talk about or shall we just move on and talk about some other things? I'll say real briefly that the uh, running back frenzy has really, really jumped into. And, and the redraft leagues that I did this year, um, at least the ones I've done recently, were all half PPR. So you kind of see that a little bit more. But even in full PPR, you look at full PPR, ADP, and, you know, running back 18 is going off the board before run wide receiver 15. So you're, you're having these, you know, and, and, you know, that's a guy, Kenyon Drank, I just talked about. But, you know, wide receiver 15 is Doug Baldwin. And full PPR, I mean, the upside of a guy like Baldwin. So I, I just – I'm a little bit concerned, and I'm a little interested to see. I think last year running back production was, um, was up. And I know there was a little bit of a, a downside to wide receiver production. And so it's, it is a passing league. I do think that the, you know, the new um, penalty as far as the, the, the um, helmet and, you know, having to have your head up, I think can potentially infect, affect the game as well. So I'm very interested to see. I, I'm just wondering maybe in, in both Dynasty and Redraft if we're not overcorrecting a little bit towards running backs. I mean, we've just seen it, right? I mean, Jarek McKinnon down a guy that, you know, was a second, third round pick in redraft leagues now in a non-contact knee injury out for the season. So not that wide receivers don't get hurt, but I just, I'm beginning to wonder if we're not becoming a little bit too running back heavy um, because of the recency bias. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, In my keeper league where people keep three players or can't keep up to three players, it was crazy how quickly running backs went and they, they disappeared. And, and I don't blame people because there wasn't a lot left on the board, but it, it did seem that, I mean, there were, there were some incredible wide receiver values in that draft. So, uh, but that was a little bit different because a keeper league depleted talent pool, pool, that kind of thing. So, well, any observations from you, your redraft leagues, you, anything you want to share that you thought was just, just surprised you or any trends that are interesting? Uh, no, but I, just my quick biggest disappointment is I didn't go hard enough in the paint for Michael Thomas in my redraft auctions. I've tried to shift all my redraft leagues to auctions. I'm pretty much done with snake drafts. I don't, I don't like them. Uh, I think that when you do a traditional snake draft in a redraft league where you're on a short timer, there's not enough time to trade back. There's not enough opportunity for anything. I love the free market of auctions. And I've even tried to uh, move, move out of any of my redraft leagues that aren't auctions anymore. I'm, I'm full in. I'm full in for auction drafting for redraft. Yeah. One thing I'll say too, is I went to, so ESPN 1000 Chicago, they hosted this fantasy football convention and draft. So they had a live draft, 10 team PPR leagues. And I did that uh, not this weekend, but the past weekend. And that was a lot of fun. Shout out to any of my league mates in that league that might be listening. I doubt it. Cause I was like the only, I went there with a Scott fishbowl t-shirt on thinking like, Oh, maybe I'll see some other people, you know, that, and, and I don't think anyone there knew what Scott fishbowl was. It was kind of, fun. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Nerd. 
but uh, anyway, um, it, it was a lot of fun. And, and it just was a reminder of, you know, I, I have two drafts I do live in person and it's my, my work league draft, which was a lot of fun again this year. And then, then this, you know, this, this thing I went to the, for the first time, and I think it's an annual thing. I'm going to start going to it and just so much fun. I mean, drafts in person are just so much fun. And so many of us listening to the, so many of our listeners, like we, we do leagues, slow email drafts online and stuff, but main live drafts are the best. So if you're not doing those or you're in one or two, try to expand would be my advice. Cause it's just so much fun. It's just, there's nothing like it. it, it even if it's not an auction, I'd love to do a live auction draft, but um, even a snake is, is a blast. So let's move on guys. Let's talk about um, basically what happened in the preseason? Because you've got guys on one side, like Chris Harris, who, who we love, respect. He's been on the show, and he talks about uh, the echo chamber and don't listen to anything that's going on in preseason because it's just a bunch of nonsense. Beat reporters, they're just writing you know, stories to sell newspapers and get clicks. And then on the other hand, you have people um, like at Roto, Roto World, for example. I, I think a guy like Evan Silva uh, spends a lot of time watching these preseason games and has takeaways and he applies that towards his you know philosophy going into the year so what i thought we might do is just kind of throw out some some narratives that we heard in the preseason and i want to get your reaction to whether you think okay this is something we should consider going into the real 2018 season or not and then maybe we could review these you know after the season so that's what i want to do um, and I, I don't have a list of them. I'm just going to kind of pull them out of the air. We can all throw them out there together. But one of them, you know, c- going back to the Bears, it's all about the Bears this week, right? We got Khalil Mack. Did you guys know? Um, Anthony Miller. One of the things that's been coming out of the Chicago is is how good he looks in practice. You, you've seen it on on uh, on Twitter. There's some been some videos, right? Uh, he made he made a great catch against Denver. I think that was what the Bears' uh, third preseason game, and th- number three for them because the Hall of Fame game. I think that that's right. Um, so Anthony Miller, I mean, I mean, he, he, he's, he's looked good. Apparently he's watching tape, seen up late with Mitch Trubisky, you know, so he, he, he's a hard worker. He, he's got the right attitude. He's confident. He's going <laughs> to playmaker in this league. So Anthony Miller, do we buy the preseason hype? Do we, do we buy the narrative or is the year going to start and there are going to be too many, you know, the ball's going to get shared in Chicago and he's going to be a non-factor this year. What do you guys think? Anthony Miller. Jump in there, Will or Trey. All right. You, you're talking about practice? <laughs> you're talking about practice. And it's, this is important. Not, not a game, but, but practice. Practice. So I, I do think Anthony Miller, I think he's a prospect. He was super intriguing. I love the letter that he, the open letter that he wrote to the NFL and, and kind of what he represents. I think now, though, that he, honestly, I, it almost pivots off him because if you're going to try to buy Anthony Miller at this moment, you're going to have to overpay, and you don't want to do that. For, an, for a prospect that's older coming in, you don't really know. His success rate from where, kind of what he is as a prospect statistically isn't the highest in the world. But, uh, you know, I, I like the guy. I like the team. I like where he fits in there. But I do think that he has depressed a little bit of all the talk about where, who we should be talking about, which would be Allen Robinson. And so that would be the pivot for me is, like, I'm not trying to buy – uh, Anthony Miller anywhere because the person that has him is already stoked and is already is, is guaranteed asking too much. But maybe that person has, has Allen Robinson has some doubts and that's the player you want to go get because he is to me, the elite, like WR one, like opportunity on this team. Yeah. A good point. Cause no one's talking about Allen Robinson, even in Chicago, we've just kind of forgotten he's on the team because he hasn't really done much this year in the preseason. Um, 
you know, I guess he looks good in practice, but you haven't seen any videos that have really popped out or trending on, on Twitter, for example. Trey, what do you think? Anthony Miller? You know, I think this is one of those instances where you have to like it if you're an Anthony Miller owner, but I don't know how actionable it is. And Will's the one, I mean, Will hit the nail on the head. And, you know, if someone owns Anthony Miller, you're going to have to overpay for them right now, right? So, I mean, if you went and, and offered someone a random 2019 first or a, a supposed late 2019 first, I don't think they're going to give you Anthony Miller for a late 2019 first, even though they likely acquired him in the mid, potentially even late second round of this year's rookie draft. So I think that, you know, the hype is one of those things where it's fun, it's exciting, you hope that it, you know, comes to fruition. But, I mean, you know, we, we've been hearing – Year after year, there's these guys that you hear about have great preseason and then just nothing ever comes of it. So I think you have to be a little bit careful of the hype um, and, and just kind of see what presents itself early on in the, in the season. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. It's going to be interesting. And I've noticed him – well, the leagues I've done here, he goes earlier, I think, in the Chicago area than probably across the country because I, I think you can still get him late in your – in your drafts. Another guy that kind of fits the same description is Traquan Smith. I mean, he's looked really good in new Orleans and kind of a, a similar situation in the sense that well, in Chicago, it's a wide receiver one that is coming off of a major injury. And in new Orleans, it's that wide receiver two. I mean, you've got, no, it's not too late. Okay. So I was saying, and this is where, you know, this is the unedited version. You, you'll, you'll miss that. Like why did Ryan stop talking? Because I'm just splicing these together to get this show out tonight. So, Michael Thomas, clearly the number one wide receiver in New Orleans, right, Will? Oh, yeah. You can't see this on video, but I went into the fridge and got some creamer to represent <laughs> Smith. And it's rising up to the top because the cream rises to the top. And Traquan Smith is the cream of the crop. Right, but Cameron Meredith, like in Chicago, you, you got Alan Robinson coming off major injury. You've got your, your wide receiver, too, should be Cameron Somebody Meredith. Can- and he, and he showed something that last preseason game. He showed some spark. So. And uh, we're, lo- we're losing you for a second. So, so Cameron Meredith, one of the things, I think that's one of the reasons Chicago is not playing their starters in the preseason is that he got hurt last year so early on in the preseason. And I know that Cameron Meredith is there in, in you know, New Orleans. But I am actually, I have a lot of faith and belief in Traquan Smith. I like what he's doing. And it, it, at worst, I feel like he's, he may take over a little bit of what Ted, Ted Gidd's doing, but then be a better possession receiver and I also love Cameron Meredith. I think he could like provide a role there. But for me, at the cost right now, Traquan Smith is one of the guys I want to own every single place. Yeah, and the cost is low. I, I mean, I guess people that are they listen to us that we've we've hyped him up, particularly Will. Um, you know, people in dynasty community. There's some people that really love Traquan Smith. But in a normal redraft league, a lot of leagues, he just get, goes undrafted or the very very last round. So a guy you can acquire rather easily. Uh, any thoughts on Traquan Smith, Trey? Do you think he's going to um, to be a fantasy factor this year? I, I, for me, I, I think it's it's kind of wait and see because I think if Cameron Meredith can play, I think you'll see some games where Traquan Smith will flash, maybe a good DFS play in some weeks. But I don't know. But but if Cameron Meredith isn't 100 right, I think completely the Traquan could come in and have have a big impact. Yeah, I do. I believe that uh, Traquan Smith is ahead of Cam Meredith, and I am going to predict that uh, Traquan Smith is going to have a big, big 
game, week one, at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm predicting that he's going to score uh, in full PPR. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to predict he's going to score 15 points, 15 fantasy points. Hooey. Might, I, I, I might, might want to save that for the hot take section, but – no, I, do. I, I don't think you're going to get a – I think you would get a banana pepper because I, I think we can all see a world where that happens. In fact, we're going to lock it right here. This is the Fantasy Joe's first ever DFS play of the week, Traquan Smith. Play yeah, of the week. I call him Jaquan. We're on a nickname basis. I, I don't <laughs> I'm curious what his salary is, and I'm curious where they're going to be lining him up. That That's something that I don't really know, but – what I do know is that uh, Drew Brees is an incredibly uh, accurate quarterback. And I think that – I mean, I like Cam Meredith's opportunity there in New Orleans, but I think that Traquan Smith is going to uh, finish ahead of him. I, I like Traquan Smith to have a, a good rookie season. So you, you asked what his, what his salary is? So his base salary this year is four hundred eighty grand. No, no, no. I'm in on DraftKings. Oh, okay. Like DraftKings. I was no, like, you were oh, no. asking about a third-round rookie. No, no, no. I'm talking about on, like, DraftKings uh, or FanDuel for DFS. Ooh. I'm looking I, up I right now. That we're, in, we're, we're in together, guys, where uh, – and this is something that I think everybody should be a part of, is where you have a DFS aspect to it, and you have other aspects to your league than just Dynasty. Make it more – make the whole league more involved – overall like a whole dynasty league people can check out in the offseason and things like that or even during the season just set their lineups and doing poorly but make make dfs for something make the whole strategy make uh, all aspects of, our, of what we do in our fantasy lives come together and Dre, you you and ryan have done a great job with the canonical league with that like having said the dfs lineup this week i'm, I'm really excited about it thirty five hundred dollars on DraftKings. so you, you can get him or tory smith you know to pick your poison there uh, I know who I'd rather take. So, yeah, so that's low. I mean, Deshaun Jackson's going for $4,600, for example. So that that puts it into context for you. So, yeah, nice play. I mean, it's it, it costs you very little. Cameron Meredith going for 4400 So, all right. Um, uh, so those are the kind of the two that stick out in my mind. Um, Royce Freeman's another guy. We, we've talked about him on preseason news. Um, you know, he's got a lot of hype, but maybe that's a little too too obvious. What are some other guys we, we've heard about in the preseason, like a narrative that has really driven their value? And it, it's going to be interesting to see if, if you know, what, what we've heard about them in the preseason is true. Where are you guys sitting on Chris Thompson? He hasn't played a single preseason snap. Jay Gruden then comes out and says, I'm super excited about this guy. Here it comes. Is this just coach speak or are you guys – you know, if you have Chris Thompson on the team – and he is in a questionable flex spot for you. Are you starting him over, let's say, are you going to start him over Randall Cobb? Uh, you know, Randall Cobb's interesting. You know, that, the, let, let's get to him in a second because I, I, we're not on him. But I think that I, I – I think Chris Thompson, if, if he's a go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play him. If, I mean, I, it depends on my other options. If it's between him and Randall Cobb, I, I, think, I, I think I go with Thompson. Call me, call me crazy. That's just me. That's probably the wrong play, though. I, I admit it makes me nervous. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's got to be based on the matchup. And I can't remember. I'm trying to look and see who the Red, the Redskins are playing at the Cardinals. Um, on, on uh, yeah, that that's matchup agnostic. When I sat through that, I I didn't realize who they were playing. So. Well, I mean, yeah. the Bears are playing the Packers. 
Yeah, I mean, I you know, Chris Thompson's one of those guys that I think is going to be serviceable. I think that he's not a guy that I'm going to feel comfortable about putting in my flex spot. But at the same time, I think that there's a, a huge opportunity, right? I mean, he's kind of one of those, and this may not bear out if you actually look at his production, but to me, he feels a little boom busty, right? Like you're going to get a big 60-yard screen pass. He's going to take to the house, um, or he's going to just offer you safe production, like uh, nothing great. I think with, with guys going down with an injury is – the opportunity there is, is significantly greater. And, you know, but here, I, I mean, I expect big things from Randall Cobb this year. I don't, I don't know a whole lot. It's so, isn't it so interesting? I mean, you know, going into week one, there, we have so many more questions and answers because so many of these guys just don't play very much in the preseason. And so someone like Randall Cobb, who, you know, coming into the preseason, I had a lot of hope for, right? We just don't see much. And so we kind of start to, to sleep on him and fade him a little bit. He was in the walking boot, right? So, but, you know, he, he's got one of the best quarterbacks in the game throwing the ball, and, and I think he's uh, locked to be the number number two target there in that passing game. So, whoa, 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 whoa. Geronimo Allison, Illinois product, Trey. Come on. Yeah. Like I said, <laughs> Geronimo Allison will easily be the number four target in the passing game behind Jimmy Graham. and Maybe five. you got to think about the back of uh, Ty Montgomery. Um, uh, no, but, the, but this is t- talking about, like, what's going on in the preseason reports. There's the report out there that they've been shopping Randall Cobb, right? They, the Green Bay wants to get rid of him. So The, the Bears might pick him up. Uh, the Bears which, are high-paid high players. I'm just kidding. Yeah, which clearly could be, you know, very true. But, I mean, you know, the, I, the Packers want to win football games. And I don't think Randall Cobb has all of a, all of a sudden just become not a great wide, wide receiver. He, you know, his, his salary is pretty significant. And so I think, you know, I think there, were some, there was even some talk that he potentially could have been, could have been cut. I, I, w- I was you know, watching pretty closely. He was one of those guys that I thought could have had a real jump in value had he been cut and, and signed a, a promising situation. But I think he's got a great opportunity there. I think that, you know, a thousand yard receiving season for him, if he plays all year for the Packers is, is not unreasonable at all. I, I don't understand the cut this late in the season. And I haven't done research into it, but to why you would do that. Or it's because you're extending somebody else or changing their, their contract like mid season. Why wouldn't you just I, use a guy who's talented? Versus again? I have an idea. Cause they want to sign Khalil Mack. Because because Green Bay was going after him, so probably if you connect the dots, it, it was probably was a move if they could have saved money that they could have used towards a deal for Cleo Mack. Had they could have traded for him, then then they would have. But been. but that's my guess. Cops on his last year, right? And that's already part of their their cap. And Mack w- would have hit against it the same way. Like or does he? Did was Randall Cobb cuttable for like to save a few this, million? This yeah, yeah, the, yeah, I haven't this done enough research. Capology one hundred and one podcast, man. I don't know. That's those guys. Uh, no, it's it's, yeah. it's it's a good question. I don't I don't know. I don't understand it fully. It's confusing, but yeah. Right. And I I I, and I like the moves that the the Green Bay did for the defense, and I think they are starting to realize that they've ruined a lot of Aaron Rodgers' time and and trying to be better, but have failed at that. So you know, NFC so North Vikings, what's up? Uh, I have an answer <laughs> for you. So this year. Um, Green Bay is uh, got a cap hit of twelve million seven hundred thousand for Randall Cobb, with a dead cap of three point six million. So cap savings of nine million dollars. If they cut him right now, they save nine million dollars towards their cap. So um, you know, op- opens up some some opportunities, some some flexibility there for trades. You know, if if they had been all in on a guy like Mac. 
and and it wasn't me. I mean, there were smarter people than me that I saw on Twitter that that mentioned Cobb as one of the names to keep an eye on uh, when cuts came around uh, because of the fact that I think Green Bay had been shopping him and and there wasn't really much interest. So and they have the Saints first rounder next year, right? After moving down in the draft, so they had those two first round picks, and I think yeah, I I, I knew that he there was talks about him being shopped and cut. I just didn't understand the financials of it overall because I didn't look at it. Anyway, Green Bay with Khalil Mack would have been much more scary than the Bears with Khalil Mack and Mr. Whiskey. We don't know that. We do not know that, okay? But you know Aaron Rodgers is an all-time great. Lap it up, Fuzzball. You know quite a bit. All right, anyway, we've mentioned Khalil Mack way too many times. You know, we should say right here, if you just start listening for whatever reason randomly in the middle of the podcast, if you want to play a Vincent drinking game for this episode – just like take a shot anytime we like we say Khalil Mack and you're, you're gonna feel really good at the end of the show or pass out on your floor at the end of the show. Yeah, you'd be blacked out and needing an ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> you're taking so, Khalil Mack blackout shot. <laughs> what other other guys like other you know preseason news like hype guys preseason that it's gonna be interesting to see where where they stand at the end of the year and and, uh, and I'm focused on this conversation more for like redraft and dynasty assets you know. Um, Okay, so I think I think the Kelly, Kenny Galladay hype's been been going a little bit too far in Dynasty. Yeah. Okay. So, but here's a question: Has Kenny Galladay gotten any hype? Like, I guess he kind of has through beat reporters and stuff saying he looks good. But definitely Dynasty, you know, people are really really talking him up. Um, there, there's the narrative. Well, they've lost Eric Ebron. They've got all those shares. You know, who who's going to catch those targets? Luke Wilson. They're not going to throw the tight ends the ball. So. It's going to be Kenny Galladay, um, th- that that narrative. So, what do you what do you think? Well, you you mean you don't you don't like Kenny Galladay? No, I, I, I think he, I think he's fine. I think he could be a playmaker, and he's a tall, fast dude who is somewhat somewhat athletic. But I think that the uh, it, ha- it happened on the on Dynasty League Football the other day where they're talking about him being a guy who could be a top twelve wide receiver in three years, and I just don't see that. I just don't foresee that out of Kenny Galladay. I think that one that. Uh, passing game in Detroit is just so attractive because you have an aging Golden Tate and you have a Marvin Jones who, who just he's out, he's outproduced expectations all the time and I, they're not going away. I think they're going to resign Golden Tate and he's still going to be there. And then at worst in the slot, it's going to be Theo Riddick's coming in there. And Kenny Galladay can take over over space. He can do what he can, but I don't think he's better than Marvin Jones. I don't think he's better than Golden Tate. And I, that's what we get we get sucked into. And it's what, one of the things I'm trying to be better at. It's not getting sucked into the hype of somebody before they've really, really shown it on the field. Give me 16 games and give me 600 yards, Kenny Galladay, and give me good, like, you know, great open field plays or, you know, being open and good against press, good against zone. Show me everything, and then I'll believe that you can be a top 12 wide receiver overall. Uh, but just overall, like, the, the Kenny Galladay, this, like, hype train is, is getting, to me at least, a little wild, at least the conversations around him because of what he can do versus what he has done. He's a, he's a big dude that can make contested catches and is, is probably a really good red zone target for Detroit. And I think that's why guys like him because of his size. But the thing that I don't like about Kenny Galladay is that, um, you know, he was older when he went into the league. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess he's got some pretty good upside. But I, but I do think that I, – I, I do think he's kind of, at the end of the day, a guy that's going to – you're going to live and die with whether he catches a touchdown pass that week. Cause I think that's kind of what he is at the end of the day. That's, that's kind of my thing. It's like, uh, give, give me the season of 
of, of what, what you're doing to, to go off of before I project further on that. I think he, if you're, again, if you own Kenny Galladay and somebody offers you a sweet deal, you know, don't, don't sell because you feel like the upside of Kenny is higher, but don't, I wouldn't just go try to overpay for Kenny, Kenny Galladay at this point. I don't think his upside is where we're projecting him at the moment as a dynasty community from what I've, what I've seen and read and, and things like that. So I don't know. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Trey, what do you think? I mean, uh, Golden Tate, final year of his contract, he could go away. So he goes away. Kenny Galladay steps into more targets than maybe not this year, but in 2019. Uh, you know, what, what do you, you like Kenny Galladay, a guy you're targeting, guy you don't, you're kind of whatever on? So here's the deal. The hype, Will's right. The hype's gotten pretty, pretty out of control. So I don't think it's a guy that I'm going to target because I think you're going to pay a pretty expensive price for him. However, I do really like his prospects moving forward. I mean, I really do think that he's going to be – last year was health-related. I think that he's going to be a big part of this offense. I don't remember the numbers now, but, but someone on Facebook – or Facebook – on Twitter had posted, I think after the third preseason game, that uh, with the first-team offense of the Lions, he and Marvin Jones either were tied or were one snap apart, and uh, Golden Tate was third in line that in a lot of two-receiver sets, it was Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay on the field. And I know he, he did enter the league as a little bit older, but his breakout age was 19.8. He had a pretty impressive college dominator. Like, I mean, you know, there's just not a lot of guys that are 6'4", 220 pounds that, that run like he does and, and has, the, has the agility that he does. So I think that he's going to be a huge red zone threat for them. And I really think that there's a good potential. I mean – the um, the Lions potentially, if he really breaks out this year, he could be their number one wide receiver next year. There, there's a, a world in which, I mean, Golden Tate's in the last year of his contract, and they have an out on Marvin Jones' contract. And I believe Matthew Stafford, as uh, Jordan McNamara talked about when we had him on the show, um, was that last week, two weeks ago? Man, like time's flying, but I think it was last week. Last week's show. He, um, his prediction – one of his kind of hot takes was that uh, Matt Stafford would win the MVP. And I don't think it's unreasonable for Matthew Stafford to have a top two or top three fantasy season. Um, so I think Kenny Galladay, the hype could be real. I mean, I, I think that he's shown some pretty explosive things on the field. Um, the problem is I think if you try to buy him right now, you're, you're just going to have to pay probably more than I'm willing to pay. Yeah. You know, 17 yards per reception on limited snaps last year. In a four-game stretch during the middle of last season where he averaged 27 yards per reception per fftoday.com. So, yeah, no, the, the guy – and I, I guess it's not fair for me to say he's, like, just a just a red zone guy. I mean, the, he can make big plays down the field too. Uh, definitely interesting guy. I, I think I lean towards your side, Will, though. I think he's uh, – I don't know. He's one of those guys that, that makes me nervous where you're really paying for potential and – um you know, there's no guarantee that's going to come to fruition. Um, you know, like not that not that this seems to have a player, but I think of like the like Corey Coleman, you know, a guy that, um, uh, you know, Doriel Green Beckham, like these guys are really really talented guys, and and they, they but there were some things they were missing. I don't think he's of that ilk, but still makes me nervous. So, Kenny Galladay or James Washington in Dynasty? Ooh, that's a good question. I I think I go. I think I'd go James Washington. But it's, oh, give, give me the big boy Kenny Galladay. Really? Okay. Okay. 
I mean, it's it's tough for me, Trey. It's kind of a toss-up. What about you? Kenny, Kenny Galladay or – I take Galladay. Okay. Kenny Galladay or Anthony Miller? Well, that's not fair. Anthony <laughs> Miller. <laughs> <laughs> We may we we may be recording this podcast at night, but I think it might must be the AM. Anthony Miller's gonna turn into Kendall Wright and I'm gonna be like, Ryan. <laughs> He's not athletic enough to be Kendall Wright. You took it's... you took Kendall Wright Jr. over <laughs> Calvin Johnson Jr. What what were you thinking? <laughs> I'm just is, uh, if you look yeah. on Pro Football Reference at Kenny Galladay stats, it says Kenny Galladay, and then uh Prince, it does say baby try. Which is super funny. That really yeah. irritates Detroit people. So uh I can't believe that's sticking. No, that's fun. It's a great nickname. I honestly would not be surprised, even a little bit, if Kenny Galladay was the number one fantasy wide receiver in Detroit this year. Wow. We're getting, we're getting some bold takes. All right. I'd be, I'd be floored. I'd be absolutely floored by that. <laughs> yeah, th- there you go. There's, there's your full PPR. Carolina Reaper. I mean, yeah. There's uh, One, Golden Tate is really good at the football. And Marvin Jones has shown that he just is, one, uh, Matthew Stafford's favorite receiver when, when he's healthy. And, and to have Kenny Galladay doesn't fit in anywhere else besides basically replacing Marvin Jones. And so he could be the second read. I get how maybe Kenny Galladay has some le- lesser coverage on him because they're on Marvin Jones. But uh, I, I would be absolutely shocked if that happened. Yeah, and I think Golden Tate is going to be, you know, a guy in the short intermediate game that – Dare I say, might see more more targets. You know, they don't have, they don't have a reliable tight end. Maybe Luke Wilson is that reliable tight end. We'll see. But it, that's that's bold, Trey. That's bold. So, any other guys? Do we want to talk about that? Um, you know, preseason hype or preseason news is really kind of. I, I do want to chime in. Uh, has, has have you guys heard or seen anything that's more obscure about Adam Thielen's injury? I'm a little bit concerned about that as a Vikings fan. He he limped off the field. Uh, you haven't really heard anything since, except that he four is going to be fine. I feel like this is a if this was any other team, if like if he was in the Seahawks, it'd be like, oh, they don't ever talk about their injuries. He's he's probably more hurt than what you think. I, as a Vikings fan, you know, by by uh, region and where I live, the, I think the Adam Thielen injury scares me a lot more than most people, and I, I am uh, I'm, I'm actually quite worried. Uh, tying that into Diggs, uh, because Diggs is a guy, if you look at his usage in the preseason games, he, it, it, it looks like Kirk Cousins is, is just targeting Diggs. Like it's, it's Kirk Cousins, his guy is Diggs. If, you know, based on the limited Vikings preseason games that I've seen or the, or the highlights, I haven't sat down and watched those games. So what do you think about that, Will? Do you, do you think that that's going to turn into fruition? you think this is, the, this is really the year for Diggs where he's going to put together the whole year and he's going to be the guy – for cousins it's going to come out hot but uh, yeah i think so i think this adam Thielen injury means more than what people are are thinking right now talking about ingratiating yourself in a new offense uh in a new quarterback and there's finding his favorite target and all of a sudden Thielen comes off the field i and i, I just worry that that injury isn't all we've heard of and that he's not it just i don't know the way they described it they, i feel like it was trying to be downplayed but it's more serious than what we're looking at and that is speculation on the injury but Diggs has already shown that Kirk Cousins loves the, loves the man. Uh, so I think Diggs could be a little bit of uh, a buy low at the moment where you're going in your drafts and trades. And what is, especially with, with leagues that do like projected stats and give you a, you know, they give you like a balance of trades and redraft. Diggs is super low right now. Maybe you can go get him. Yeah, maybe. 
Trank, what, what, what do you think? What do you think about the Thielen injury that we're not hearing a lot about it? And then Diggs, what he's done in the preseason. He's been, he's been the focus of Kirk Cousins. Yeah, well, one of my one of my temptations about the um, Adam Thielen thing is to kind of dismiss it because I, I heard early on when, when it happened that they expect to be pretty minor. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see come week one if he's on the field. But I, I think whether he's on the field or not, I, I'm, I'm all in on Diggs this year. I was I was pretty in on him last year. Um, obviously, some some concerns about health and uh, that has not completely gone away. But I've got I've got Diggs as a top eight wide receiver this year. I think he's going to have the big breakout that everyone has expected. You know, last year when when the little bit I, I'm not a film analyst by any stretch um, and didn't even really watch a ton of film last year, but I'll have to say that the Vikings games last year that I watched and, and some of the film that I watched of um, Diggs and Thielen, there were so many instances where Diggs was wide open and Thielen got the pass. I think, you know, it was kind of a preference thing for Case Keenum for whatever reason. Um, I, I know that Adam Thielen's going to get a lot of use out of the slot this year. And I just think that Kirk Cousins can throw the ball downfield. He's got the accuracy down the field and the ability. I, I mean, Stephon Diggs is just one of those guys that gets open. It doesn't seem to matter who's on him. He it just has this uncanny ability to get open and to come down with the ball. So I – Love Stephon Diggs. I think he's going to have a huge year. I think the breakout's finally coming. Um, and, and I just – I hope Thielen's okay because I think that um, if Thielen isn't, if he's struggling with some lower leg injuries early on the season, I think it could hurt Diggs. You know, I think it's important for Thielen to be a threat there over the middle of the field. All right, guys. Do, we want to talk about anyone else, any other preseason hype guys or guys that we haven't heard a lot from in the in the – preseason uh, a guy i like a lot for example like Corey davis who really hasn't done anything in the in the preseason or ever <laughs> uh so do we have any um you any talking other? about the wide receiver the wide receiver two on the titans Corey davis nah. he might be bumped down to three once uh tajay sharp gets back to full health and oh you guys in there. are funny you guys are funny with delaney walker is that the fourth pass option <laughs> what's he on those can catch passes is he bumped down <laughs> all right uh, last call for uh, you know, preseason hype guys or guys that are not getting zero hype that maybe they should be. Anything else? Any situations we haven't talked about? Going once, going twice. Let's move on to some hot, bold, spicy takes for the season. I'm not sure how many we're going to do, but we've got five levels. We've got banana pepper, jalapeno, habanero, ghost pepper, and the almighty carolina reaper here's how it works one of us will spit out one of our hot bold spicy takes the other two joes will debate it and decide okay do we want to give it a banana pepper which is like a one point take or do we want to give it a carolina reaper which is five points and all the other uh uh, categories are somewhere in between so that's what we're gonna do will you got a ton of hot bold spicy takes you know trey and i were talking on boxer we're like i don't know we're feeling the hot bold spicy take show um maybe maybe let's just talk about some of these other topics but you're like no we're doing this tonight and i've got a ton <laughs> we're doing so it we're gonna do at least at least two or three each so, also and, and we to add to the list um we, we, we've got some other ones um which which we'll recap throughout the year we've had guests come on and do hot bolts by stakes you might remember ryan mcdowell dj moore after the season uh top 24 overall adp and dynasty um our friend tim torch 
Dante Moncrief, wide receiver one. That's looking a little bit better, I have to say, with Marquise Lee going out. We haven't even talked about Marquise Lee going out. Um, so he, he said 130 targets, 10 TDs, 1,100 yards. So we get that out of Carolina Reaper. But anyway, Will. Well, right yeah. Before? We didn't talk about Marquise Lee because it's just not obscure. Everybody's heard about Marquise Lee going out. It's just like saying, hey, guys, breaking news. Jerry McKinnon tore his ACL. And it's, uh, and it's kind of boring. No, no one was um, – you know, tying their their hopes to Marquis Lee on either their redraft or dynasty teams, and if you were, I I, f- I feel bad for you. Um, but 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 anyway, yeah, it's it's not very exciting. It's like oh, kind of a loaded uh, wide receiver core in Jacksonville. That's not going to get a ton of targets anyway because of the way they're going to run the ball, just run run run. But will what, let, let's 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 get us rolling. What, so bold. I have a few I have a few uh, hot bold spicy takes, and then a couple opinions that I did write out before the show. So I want that to be known because one of them is about Kenny Galladay, even though we discussed him. Uh, okay. I'm going with my number one hot, cold, spicy take is this receiver had 23 red zone targets and 13 catches last year. Uh, he used number four in red zone catches or sorry, number four red zone targets uh, in the 2017 season. He had 117 red zone yards. That's a weird amount of red zone yards. <laughs> which puts him as number three. I don't think that's an applicable stat year over year, what that really matters. He dropped a couple TDs that I, I physically saw him do. Uh, and last year, he finished with the second most receiving yards for a rookie last year, only behind Juju. He only had five touchdowns. Year two, I think he gets better and becomes even more of the red zone target for his team. I think he scores 12 touchdowns. I know that's a lot. I know it's a little bit, a little bit wild. I feel almost serious about the 12 touchdown aspect, but – I think that he finishes the top wide receiving option on this team and really sneaks up there in that, 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 you know, mid-level wide receiver too, but like a a huge worthwhile asset. I'm talking about Cooper cup. I think Cooper cup finishes. I'm going to go top 20 wide receiver, maybe like 1920 and definitely ups his touchdown intake from that Rams offense and finishes their number one right wide receiving option. So just so I've got it down correctly, Will, you, you're saying Cooper Cup, can you can you lock it in for me? So you're saying he's going to be the Rams wide receiver one, and then what are his stats going to be? Uh, I just want to say that he finishes in that, like, let's say top 20 PPR wide receiver in 2018. All right. I happen to love Cooper Cup this year, so I don't think this is a particularly uh, – Hubble spicy take. Some people may think think it is though. Um, I know that the Rams schedule, I, I believe, it's a little tougher this year. They're going to face some tough defenses. Teams will adjust. So Trey, what do you think about this Cooper Cup call? Um, top twenty PPR wide receiver in twenty eighteen. And Trey's on mute. So when he unmutes, he'll tell us what he thinks. So. He, as a rookie, uh, finished in full PPR as the wide receiver twenty five. So I, I think, to, you know, I, I think that being the number one wide receiver on his team, although this take, the take, your take was specifically that he's a top 20 wide receiver, right? So I was, I was, I'm basically projecting 12 touchdowns from Cooper Cup was a part of it if it needed to go there. But I would like to start off with a, let's go, yeah, top 20 wide receiver. Yeah, that top 20 wide receiver to me is not spicy at all, especially full PPR, because I think he's going to get, targeted pretty heavily there. Um, I, I do think that Brandon Cooks is going to get used, but Brandon Cooks is just not going to be a target hog. The 12 touchdowns, I think, would make this quite a bit spicier, actually a lot spicier, um, because I think that the usage of Gurley 
So if you're willing to, to throw in the 12 touchdowns, um, I'd probably be able to, to up the spice level, <laughs> probably somewhere to uh, jalapeno. Oh, I'm not going 12 touchdowns for jalapeno. Uh, Cooper Cup is the number 31 wide receiver on Fantasy Pros, you know, average rankings for uh, full PPR leagues. I'll be willing to move it to – I think I could go, like, top 18, and I'll go 10 touchdowns. All right, Trey, what do you think? Remind me what our scale is again. What's the – Banana Pepper is one, Jalapeno two, Habanero three, Ghost Pepper four, Carolina Reaper five. Yeah, I don't – risk anymore. I mean, he's not, just not that good. You know, I have to he's say, trying, we, he's are, to talk we are super harsh on each other with these because <laughs> I was, I told, I told you guys on, on Voxer, Voxer, we have, we chat on Voxer throughout the week and I was listening to, to JJ Zacharyson and his late round pod. He did these bold takes for, for 2018 and they were great takes, but I was listening to them and I said, I said to you guys, it's like, if, if I came out with any of these takes, you guys would give me like, okay, that's milk, you know, that's banana pepper. Uh, so I think we are way too harsh on each other. This is a pretty hard. This is a pretty hot take. I mean, I mean, in a certain in a certain degree, but I, I think I really like Cooper Cup. So I just don't. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I could go maybe jalapeno. I guess if you want to guilt me into it, but I, I I don't think it's that like that bold. I, I mean, the the touchdowns adding to it is is pretty bold. Oh man. Holy crap, we have not talked about Cooper Cup being a fancy bros <laughs> bro this entire offseason. Where are you guys coming from? This is, always, I don't know. I just, I just, I don't know. So I, you're, okay, we're just not going to talk about Cooper Cup this whole time, but now we're all big fans? <laughs> I've been oh, I'm so angry. I, I haven't it. mentioned him. I just haven't mentioned him. I'm sorry. Love Cooper Cup. I, I think that if you're, I mean, if you're going top, if you're going top 18 and 10 touchdowns, I'm willing to go up to, it's, uh, it's Jalapeno that's the third, right? The middle? Habanero's the third. Yeah, I I would go habanero. For no, I'll go I'll go top eighteen. I'm not going ten touchdowns then. Well, he's oh, gonna really? have that ten touchdowns. And he's gonna be top eighteen, I would think. Yeah, that's fine. I you know I mean, okay, top top eighteen, jalapeno. Okay, I don't even want I I don't even want this take anymore. <laughs> this is jalapeno. All right. All We're right, talking about right. Cooper Cup, the twenty five like like thirty five year old prospect that came in, had a good year last year. He's the thirty one. Overall consensus strike on fantasy pros. He was wide receiver 25 last year as a rookie. I mean, you like <laughs> going up to 18 is not like they signed a better wide receiver than Brandon Cooks. 20, he was 25 as a rookie. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, I'll go. I'll go top 18, which is incredible for in my eyes. But uh, we'll do it. And I, I'm, I'm only going to go 10 because it doesn't sound like 12 buys me anything better. All right, so so what are we? What, so what? What, are, what are we? What's the final final take here? Because I'm I'm so confused. I'm writing it down in the sheet. Where are you at, Will? What? The, where are you guys at? He said top eighteen. Top eighteen. Okay. Cooper, Cooper Cup top eighteen. Ten tutties. And, and ten touchdowns. Okay, maybe ten and a half. We we go. I'll go habanero on that tray. What about you? I yeah. Guess not. Okay, habanero. Habanero, oh good start. We're, we're, we are brutal with each other on this thing. Oof. <laughs> Oof. I, 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 Trey, you want to go next or you want me to go next? It doesn't um, matter. It's milk. I'll go ahead. Um, so I'm going to say in full PPR, Christian McCaffrey is a top three running back this year. Oh, I just put in Christian McCaffrey. That was going to be mine. Okay, oh. fine. 
Um, so the Joes. Banana, banana well, this is the banana. real life of the Joes. We all hate top, each other. Top three. <laughs> three RP. Okay, top three. So we have, as soon as he has white, white player takes, we get super mad. Okay, maybe maybe we can share because here's what mine was going to be: top five running back in PPR and scores more rushing touchdowns than Cam, uh, Cam Newton. Oh, he's in top twelve last year. Oh, gross. Okay, now let's yeah. just go with Trey. Trey took it. Both these are gross. I almost said number one. I almost said number one, but I thought, you know what? That's probably a little. I mean, that you know, we talked about that last year. Trying to call number one is just so challenging. Um, so, top three. Top three. I think's pretty. I mean, that's pretty hot. I like it. Yeah, banana pepper is pretty spicy to me too. So, so <laughs> just put mayonnaise on that. You put mayonnaise. On so in okay, this this was per Graham Barfield. Listen to this: fifty nine of sixty six first team snaps along, uh, including every step inside the ten yard line. Christian McCaffrey w- w- played for the Carolina Panthers, so he's very and he's going to be very so, involved here. So we know that. But if we believe the preseason, that's another guy we could have talked about with preseason news. 59 of 66 first-team snaps. That's pretty incredible. All the carries inside the 10-yard line, interesting. So, or, maybe, or maybe he needed the help because he was behind in practice. Le'Veon Bell didn't take any of the first-team snaps in preseason. You know what I mean? Like it's, that's what I hate about these, these statistics. Like maybe Christian McCaffrey was struggling running, through the, running between the tackles, so they're going to put him in there. So I think top three running back in full PPR, Christian McCaffrey, uh, despite my angst from the last take, I think that's – I think to me, that's a minimum ghost pepper. At a minimum, if that's not Carolina Reaper, I, I, I mean, we're talking about like David Johnson last year was out for the year. You think Christian McCaffrey is going to outperform David Johnson, Todd Gurley, and Le'Veon Bell? One of those three? Like that is that is a really great take. Trey, I don't, I, I love the aspect of where it comes from. I think he has the opportunity, but to call that and to put that as a hot take, uh, at least one of us appreciates this for what it's worth and is willing to put it at a minimum ghost pepper and maybe even Carolina river because top three is nuts. I think this Carolina Panther gets a Carolina reaper. no, I, I think oh, that, 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 that want, that want uh, jalapeno. No. It's collusion guys. It's collusion <laughs> no, no, boys. Not, no, collusion. no, but that's a top three. That's, that's really, that's really wild. I mean, is it, is it possible? Yeah, but, but well, you're right. There are too many, great running backs in this league. And that would be a monumental job. Alfred Morris? MC. The starting opportunity? <laughs> this, is Car- this is Carolina Reaper in its prime, and I love it, Trey. All right. Awesome. Um, so I guess I got to go next. So that's the one I had written – well, the one I shared with you guys I had written down. So I'm going to come up with something. <laughs> I hope Trey just ran off the show sheet and took it. No, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even pull up I'm the show sheet. I'm cutting uncensored. I guess I, I guess I should have. Yeah, as soon as I said it, Ryan's like, "What? Well, I just put Christian McCaffrey on the show sheet." But, but to, for for Ryan not to know that you would have some Panthers take is that's your new like you know you're trying to be like more of a home dog in there in North Carolina. So he should know. I'm just better. glad my take was if my take was not spicier than his, that would have been bad. At least what, what did I get? Milk like with Cooper Cup being like better than he was last year. You guys are nuts. Because like Odell Beckham comes back. Like there's there's receivers that were uh, anyway. Anyway, I'm gonna drop it. All right, so so here here I've got one mainly because we didn't talk about this guy and I wanted to, so I just kind of came up with this. But I but I kind of believe this in, in a sense because I think he's uh-huh. special. Ryan McDowell talked about him. Tyreek Hill, top six wide receiver half point PPR this year. He's gonna be top. He, six. he was top. He was top. He was what number seven last year? You guys have, have dogged on Tyreek Hill this whole preseason. A Trey in particular, you you think Sammy Watkins is a guy in Kansas City, yeah. and, and you're talking about Pat Mahomes second year. Um, top, top six wide receiver half point PPR. Oh. Do what you want with it. 
I think it's I, I think it's I think it's Ghost Pepper. I think that there's a lot of wide receivers. I mean, you know, it, it, even with running backs, it's like they're like, oh, this guy's gonna be a top twelve running backs. Well, then you start to actually look at the running backs, or you look at the wide receivers that are up at that level. And I mean, you know, top six. I mean, immediately, unless someone gets injured, you're you're automatically considering, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, OBJ, Keenan Allen, Julio Jones, AJ Green. Um, I I think that Tyreek Hill is a, a special weapon, but I just don't think that he's going to see the volume um, to to get to that kind of finish. And I do still think Sammy Watkins is going to make uh, a pretty big impact there in Kansas City. Although the preseason, if the preseason is any indication, that's just not happening. But I, I, I'll give that a yeah, I'll give that a ghost pepper. It's hard. I'll defer to Will. Like- it's between that four. It's like a four point four nine, you know. And how are you gonna round? Are you gonna, are we gonna push it to the the five eventually? Maybe maybe four point five one to go to the Carolina Reaper. It's gonna stay down at the Ghost Pepper. Uh, I think at this point, you're talking about like like cream, you start the cream rising to the top. And I think for him to achieve that, I think Julio is gonna have more touchdowns. I think that last year is a little bit of an anomaly, and. At a minimum, we wouldn't go ghost pepper. I wouldn't. I, I honestly think that this is a super spicy hot take, and I would go Carolina Reaper. And I think if Brian, if you truly believe this and are calling this, and you get it, you've earned the max points. What do you think, Trey? Final answer. Where you want to lock it into? Go ghost pepper. I'm happy with ghost pepper because he's that special. I mean, he's a special talent. It's not. I don't think it's ridiculous to say he's going to be top six wide receiver. So Trey, leaving it up to you then. Um, where do you want to go with this? Ghost Pepper, Carolina Reaper, your call. Call him Ghost Pepper now. <laughs> yeah, I think Ghost Pepper's reasonable. I think I think Ghost Ghost Pepper's reasonable. I, I like. I, I'm happy with Ghost Pepper. I think it's good. So here's a stat I want to throw out there about this. So in the according to Ray Summerlin, in the preseason, uh, Pat Mahomes 43 passes, 14 of them went to Tyreek Hill. That's a 32.6 percent target share. Uh, we'll see if that holds up. I mean, I, I mean, I do think that Sammy Watkins is going to be more involved. I guess I'm just betting on the fact that I think Hill is a special talent and he's going to make plays no matter what his his target share is. I think it's going to be pretty decent. So, I hate these preseason stats, though. It's 33 passes. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm sure it's fine. It's good to know. And it's good, like, content overall. It's better that you know that, I guess, than not. But to buy into that, to me, is ridiculous. It just is, uh, you know, how, like <laughs> – 33 passes? That's what we're judging a season on. Just insane to me. Right. Well, and that's one of those things that I'm putting that in the sheet too, along with the Christian McCaffrey stuff, is, is those things to go back. Like, like, is there a correlation between what we're seeing in the preseason and what happens in 2018? Yeah. So, no, good. it's a good point. I mean, it's a good point. Is that just ridiculous? Because Sammy Watkins could come out and be clearly the number one wide receiver there, and it really wouldn't be a shock because he's talented too. So, Well, remember how good Rico Gathers looked last year in preseason, just slamming down touchdowns. And now we're surprised he made it make the roster. I don't know. Yeah. Typically, Rico Gathers was like, in front of like the and... threes, right? I mean, but, okay. So, why don't we do, like, you guys want to do, like, how many more do we have in us? Do we do, like, one more, two more? Oh, you got to let me roll with this. I got so many. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to do maybe two more. Maybe Trey's going to do two more. Will's going to do as many as you, as you can. You can do rapid fire, but give us your, uh, give us your neck. your like best two. Let's, let's, let's do the best two. And then you can do rapid fire ones. I don't want to do best. Cause I have my favorites. I need to do my favorite. All Michael right. Thomas finishes the WR one. Okay. 
in, that's, that's, in uh, I don't know, PPR and half point. I mean, I guess like it was mostly based off half point, but in PPR too. So you changed it because in the sheet you said uh, top two wide receiver. So you decided to – you just wanted to go – Top, top. He just wanted to go overall wide receiver. So that that was last week's sheet, and uh, oh, I'm sorry, okay. we didn't do it. So this week's sheet, <laughs> I went back. I went back to the table, <laughs> and uh, I'm going full him. I'm going full him with Michael Thomas this year. He finishes the number one wide receiver overall. All right, I think I, th- I like it. it. It's good. I think I think it's bold because there are a lot of great wide receivers, especially the way Drew Brees spreads the ball around. Uh, Trey, what do you think? I think it's pretty hot. Yeah, I, th- I think it's pretty hot too. Again, we talked about those, you know, those volume receivers. I mean, he's he's there, um, but I do, you know, Ryan, you you mentioned it. The the likelihood of this happening, um, I think, is pretty diminished by the fact that one, they've got an incredible talent in the backfield um, in Alvin Kamara, both running and catching the ball. Um, they've got uh, Mark Ingram, who will be back after uh, the first few weeks of the season. And Drew Brees does spread the ball around a lot. So I, I think that to, to call the wide receiver one for a guy that I don't think he's ever even finished top five. I know he's been top 10, but I, I think that that's got to be a ghost pepper. Carolina we, Reaper. I'm Carolina Reaper. I'll take are, it. Are we full point, Trey, or Will? Or I mean, it can, uh, either or. I'll go both. <laughs> oh, both. How, okay, it probably makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm, with, I'm with Trey. This is the almighty – Carolina Reaper. I think any anytime you you call a guy as the number one who hasn't done it before, who's you know he's he's been up there obviously wide receiver one, but that's that's bold. I like it, and I like how you're sticking with your guy. So that's- well, I think so. I think he's talented. I think he's deserving. I think he got underdrafted. I think he's proven it to us over two years, and I'm happy. I know it's Carolina because number one, honestly, is insane to to call that is way above my comfort level. But I want this to be to show my belief in what he can do. And I'm, I honestly, I hate Ohio State as a college. <laughs> And that's where it came from. But he, has, he hasn't done anything but be awesome all the time. And it's going to have – I think this year is you – know, you can talk about uh, third-year wide receiver breakouts and learning and, and trying to be better year after year. And I can't I, – I literally couldn't talk myself out of really believing in Michael Thomas, and I tried. So I'm in on him. All right. Well, I love it. Good call. Uh, Trey, what's, that, what's next? All right. Um, this one is for you, Ryan, for your Chicago Bears. My hot, bold, spicy take is that the leading fantasy point producer in the receiving game of the Chicago Bears is one Trey Burton. Outperforming all other pass catchers in that offense. Half PPR, full PPR, whatever you want it. Well, you, you, you call it half or full? Half PPR. <laughs> <laughs> half PPR. Trey, Trey this, is, this determines so, everything. So he's the n- number one, uh, like, in, in terms of pest catchers, or, like, what are you, what are you saying? Like, yeah, he outperforms Allen Robinson. He outperforms Anthony Miller. Um, he outperforms he, – he's the number one in the pa- among the passing game. Wide receivers and tight ends. Number okay. one fantasy producer. All right. I have to say, as as a Bears fan, I don't think this is particularly hot, especially the way Mitch Trubisky has really peppered him with targets here in, in the preseason. And, and he, I think he's clearly the guy for Mitch Trubisky. So I don't know how hot it is. That being said, you, you've got you know an, an elite wide receiver like Allen Robinson. We like Anthony Miller. So there's some other options. So I'm curious to think to see what Will thinks because I have a bias here because I, I I like 
Trey Burton a lot. Oh, I'm at a minimum ghost pepper. Really? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think this is super spicy. So I, th- I do want to point to one fact that I was going to bring up as a take earlier, and I think Trey Burton's going to disappoint. So I think we forget about last year the Bears signed Deion Sims and an eighteen million three or eighteen million three year deal with ten million full year. I get that it's a step down from what Trey Burton signed, and it was a different coaching staff and things like that. But uh, I am not buying this Trey Burton. Like I almost want to say nonsense, but it's it's, it's hype. He hasn't. He's been okay in that Philadelphia offense when he had to sub in. But why is he worth so much? He got. I think he got significantly overpaid for what he is. He's not. He's not a blocker. He's not a full like you know three down tight end. He's a move tight end. And then they then they drafted Anthony Miller, who's going to be a much better slot receiver than what Trey Burton is. I think if being a, like being an actual receiver, not a converted quarterback to tight end, than being on the Eagles. I think the Bears overpaid Burton, and I think they overpaid him by a lot. And he also so. One, Deion Sims. Yeah, I know you guys forgot about Deion Sims, the tight end. He makes more than Trey Burton this year on that team by a little bit, uh, and it will be cuttable next year. But Trey Burton's cuttable in two years. And I think when we go into the 20, what, like 2020 season, Trey Burton's going to be on the roster bubble for what he's on the hook for, for what he's going to be paid. They front-loaded his contract. They, they think he's worth this, and I don't think that he is. And so I think that the number one pass catcher versus Allen Robinson, even Anthony Miller, and to me, this is at least Ghost Pepper. And I honestly think Treat Cohen could outperform as a pass catcher uh, because he is, like, super athletic and super quick and a playmaker. Right. Well, wide receivers and tight ends, though. That's the, that's the criteria that Trey laid out for us. So, um, I, I, I we had to push back a little bit. I, I, I mean, uh, maybe we can meet at Habanero because – and that shouldn't disappoint you too much, Will, because <laughs> – but – um, I, I just think that he, it seems to be the focal point in that Bears offense. And, and Allen Robinson, I know he, he's shown greatness, but we don't exactly know what he's going to be coming off the injury. And then what do you have after that? You, you've got Anthony Miller, who's a rookie. I know he's looked good, but he's unproven. I mean, Taylor Gabriel? I, I mean, who, who else is there? So I, I don't think it's like – I mean, I think it's hot, but I don't think it's like ghost pepper hot. So I, I like Habanero personally. But that's, that's me. So can we meet at Habanero? I just don't think Trey Burton's that good overall. Like why to why he would be their top pass catcher. So I can, I mean, we can meet at Habanero, but to say that he's going to come into a new system on a new team, maybe the number one pass catcher on the team when he's never been that in his entire career. I mean, how many catches does he have? He has probably less than George Kittle in his career. And uh, it's just, it's just, I think that we are in Ryan's Trey Burton hype and then he flashes in the preseason we're talking about the, we're not talking about a real game. We're talking about practice uh, against the Denver's number one off or defense. Excuse What's me. What were they really trying? to like, they trying to just get hurt? <laughs> I'm here, so you know, I'm here, so don't get fined. Is why the Denver defense is there. Uh, uh, Will is I don't mind it. I love it. Stuff like yeah. that whatsoever. I think that's. I mean, in the nice way, like nice way possible. I think that's all like bull malarkey. So all right. All right. Uh, I, I, you know, I think Trey Burton is valuable, but to where he's gone, like even even our one league where. Uh, Funches would for the same amount as Burton. Like I would take Funches over Burton all day, every day. And I, I don't know. I, I just think that he's way more risky than what we're giving him. So I, I, we can, I can get there with Habanero if you want. But I think Allen Robinson is significantly more talented. And it says Allen Robinson is a fourteen hundred yard, fourteen touchdown season on his record. Trey Burton has like four games. So let's give something up to Allen Robinson here a little bit. Uh, that this matters. No, that's fair enough. And, and, and Allen Robinson should exceed him. That's why it, it's hot. But but it's not beyond the realm of possibility. I mean, I mean, I, I think Allen Robinson is really the only guy, uh, like throw injuries out the window. That's that's going to that has the possibility of 
being the number one pass catcher over Trey Burton personally. But we'll we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm fine with going to Habanero, but I think that this is more spicy than what – I guess it's just to take a more on Trey Burton. And it's something I had written in there is just like Trey Burton disappoints. I think he's, he's just significantly overhyped. Well, I'll tell you who's not going to disappoint. It's Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram, I talked about him on last week's show. I think he's getting disrespected. Um, the CBS guys are talking about, oh, he's got a, you know, this concussion that's going to hurt his value coming into the year. Man, Evan Ingram is a stud. I, I laid out the reasons why I think he's going to see significant targets still this year. I know they've got a lot of weapons. I know they're, 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 they have a gauntlet at the beginning of the year. The, the Giants, the, the defenses they're facing. They start with Jacksonville, and it gets tough after that as well. Uh, so I'll go, just because I want to get a little hot here, Evan Ingram tied in number one overall, half-point PPR. Evan Ingram's my man. I got a lot of chips on him. He's going to dominate. He's going to be great. You've never seen anyone like him, like since Gronk. You know, he, you know, Gronk came out his, his rookie year and was a tight end one, and Evan Ingram did it too. He's a special talent. The, the guy is, is, is like, you know, he's like a, like, a, like a wide receiver, you know, playing tight end. So he's, he's awesome. Uh, so tight end number one overall, half point PPR. Trey, what do you think? I like this take. I like it a lot, but I still think that, you know, to be able to call someone at the number one at their position when they're not expected to finish there, I think is pretty, I mean, I think tight end is probably the one position where, you know, your top four or five are, are pretty locked in. But I, I think that this is, um, I think it's Carolina Reaper, honestly, because I think that, I think Evan Ingram, I think there's going to be mouths to feed there. I love Evan Ingram in, in Dynasty. You know, the the biggest, I think that Zach Ertz is going to have a big year with Alshon Jeffrey going to continue, I think, to struggle with his injury issues. I think Travis Kelsey takes a little bit of a step back with Sammy Watkins in Kansas City and and the rapport that he had with Alex Smith gone. I think he takes a, takes a little bit of a step back. So Gronk's the X factor because Gronk's likely not to play more than 12 or 13 games if he even makes it through the entire season because the injuries just continue to, you know, wear on him. Uh, but I think that the way that Gronk's going to get used with Edelman out for the first four games, I, I just think that it's going to be very challenging for anyone to finish ahead of Gronk as the tight end one this year. Yeah. So for me, it's a, it's a Carolina Reaper. Yeah. I guess I should have gone tight end too, because I, I think Gronk's going to be great this year too, but I wanted it to be hot, hot, bold and spicy. So Will, what do you think? I don't know. After your, uh, how Trey Burton can be so good. I feel like this is like, you know, jalapeno <laughs> or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'll go with Carolina Reaper for sure. You're talking tight end one. You're talking, I mean, I don't think he outscores Kelsey. Why is Kelsey getting so discounted? Because he has enough preseason catches? What, what am I missing? <laughs> like, it blows my mind. It, like, he, it, he, Kelsey has that nice, soft, like, comfy blanket that you sleep with every night. And Gronk is, like, the one that, that like, lays you down to bed. So I, I just think where I'm going here with upside um, is, is just that he can grow. I mean, he, he's only done one year. He, he could get better. And I, I know there's a lot of weapons, and, and we'll see. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty ridiculous. I, I, I acknowledge it. But, you know, I, I wanted to get a Carolina Reaper take out there. And there I, do love, I, but I do love the idea that, like, he can grow the, the argument that, like, players grow in the NFL. And I think that's totally fair. I think finishing over those, those proven dudes, to me, is very shocking and uh, – you know, very Carolina Reaper, but I think that's what's discounted is we forget that players grow. Like regardless of when they come out, their first year in the NFL versus their second, ideally they should grow. You've had running backs who've regressed from rookie to sophomore years, but it's not a, you know, in theory you're buying into a player's work ethic and their whole career in life. And let's, 
let's let's you know let's at least give them the benefit of the doubt before they prove us wrong that players will get better from year one to year two. Yeah. All right. Let, let, let's let's uh, let's close it with a couple more. Actually, one more take each. So, and then Will, if you want to throw some out there, rapid fire at the end. I, I know you got several. Feel free. So, Will, you're you're up next. Or, or does someone want to go last here? Do, do, like, should should we? Like, does anyone have a preference? Will you want to go last? You want Trey and I to go? How do you want? Well, to go? I can give like a, a lesser one first, and then say my best. My best for last. All right. Yeah. Save your best. Save the best for last. Um, All right, right now, uh, Lamar Miller gets benched and doesn't finish as the top point scorer running back on the Texans. What? Man, okay. So, Lamar, so, so we're saying Lamar Miller d- it, it is not the RB1 for the Texans. So, I'm, what I'm saying is he, it's not because of injury that he gets taken off the field. It's because of performance and he gets benched within this season and he does not finish it. Like, he's not the starting running back, even though healthy, by the end of the year. Man, that's that's one of my guys, Lamar Miller. I love him this year. Um, so I think that's I think that's pretty hot. I, I, I mean, I I don't necessarily I don't think he's great. And I think the only way that happens is that that Foreman comes back and is after six weeks and so recovering the Achilles and is just awesome. I, I I don't know if I see that happening, but it's possible. I, I guess Trey, what do you think? I think this is really hot. Yeah, I do too. I think it's a ghost pepper. I don't think that I, – I think it's hard to, you know, delineate the benching, you know, versus, you know, someone else getting work. But I think if you're clearly willing to say that barring injury that Lamar Miller does not finish as the top producing running back in Houston, I, I'm, I'm on board with giving that a, a ghost pepper. What, what do you think? Well, are you willing to – I'll, I mean, I'll accept Ghost Pepper. I think with your Miller being one of your guys, that you should think that's Carolina Reaper. But <laughs> I, I, I kind of uh, do. Doesn't, doesn't really I, bother I kinda... me because I think like, so. Again, owning Lamar Miller last year in fantasy and watch, I've watched him too much, too much to to in my mind. Even when Deshaun Watson was in, he looked awful. I know that he was on track for 400 yards. We got this debate last week, but he's another running back would have gotten like. 2,000 yards uh, projected for because he looked terrible. And I am off the Lamar Miller, like Lamar Miller train. And as soon as uh, Foreman can come back from the pup, if he does, otherwise, I honestly wouldn't be shocked. It's just somebody else comes up from, from the background there and outperforms him because it happened last year. Yeah. Well, I think though, I think Jordan talked about it last week too. And I think it's, it's dangerous though when guys look awful towards the end of the year too, we don't know what kind of lingering injury he was fighting or something like that. So you know, it's possible he could have been playing through an injury that was undisclosed. I mean, he's shown in his career when he was with the Dolphins that, that you know, it's just like the hate. You pile on the hate. Yeah, I know he hasn't looked good for the Texans. Maybe he's lost something, but I don't know. Like, who else do they have? You know, they got a foreman come off the Achilles injury. So, no, I, I would give it a Carolina Reaper. I don't know that I can get Trey swayed, though, to go Carolina Reaper. Can, would, you, would you consider it, Trey? Yeah, I'd be okay with that. All right. So, you got your Carolina Reaper. Are you happy? Well, I mean, I just want to say, like, he also looked bad at the beginning of the year. It's not like just he had this, like, uh, like slump, like slump at the end. He looked. Uh, I mean, I know he scored some points, like touchdowns, things like that. But he had just, he just, just was, just was horrible to own. So I, I need that. To <laughs> you hate Lamar Miller. Uh, we got it, um, <laughs> Trey. All right, what's your last uh, hot bold spicy take of the evening? My last uh, hot bold spicy takes is one of my favorite late round targets recently in um, 
fantasy drafts, and that's uh, Nelson Aguilar. Um, not only is he the wide receiver one in Philadelphia this year, but he's a top 18 wide receiver in PPR leagues. Currently going off as the wide receiver 42 in Fantasy Pros PPR ADP. I think he's going to present an incredible value. I think he outperforms your Cooper Cup, and I think that he is the uh, top. Oh, we we froze there for a second. Um, you, hey Trey, at least on my end, you froze for a second. Where did he finish last year? Oh. I froze out for a second there, guys. Sorry about that. So, where where did you end up then? With with you said top eighteen wide receiver in PPR leagues. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I was. Gonna, I don't know what Will said. I, I, I'm kind of going back to the Cooper Cup discussion, and I, I would make the same argument. I don't feel this is that hot, especially we know that Alshon is going to miss at least a couple of games. Um, I, you know, I, I, I can see this. <laughs> I mean, no, I, this is. Go ahead, Will. Sorry, this needs to be like milk after the Cooper Cup nonsense. Uh, Nelson Aguilar finishes the 22nd overall wide receiver last year in PPR. I, I think they're similar, like in the, the same ballpark, um, personally. So I guess we gave the Cooper Cup habanero, so I, I guess that's where I ended up with this. Although Cooper Cup, we said 10 touchdowns. Although I think Aguilar was targeted big time in the red zone last year for the Eagles, so I would expect the same. I would expect him to get a lot of touchdowns, maybe not 10, but um, – so I guess I'm habanero because I think it's very similar to the Cooper Cup take. I think they're both bold, spicy takes. I just don't think they're anything beyond habanero. Will, I, what, what do you think? You, you, you want to go lower, I think. No, I'm fine. I, uh, I will respect and appreciate the take on, like, what you guys did to mine, and I'll go habanero. Oh, come on. I, I, I think the problem is, like, like I, I, I like both of these guys. So it's hard for me to so, – it's, it's my own bias that I think both of these guys are having great years that I'm like – well, to me, that's not that. I'm just personally, I just don't think they're they're like, you know, Ghost Pepper, Carolina Reapers because they're hot. But I just don't think they're like, oh my god. So here's awesome. where I'll give the difference that you compared the two. One, Cooper Cup got a better addition in uh, having having Brandon Cooks come on the team, and he's there the whole offseason. and that mattered more than somehow Alshon Jeffrey getting hurt and now Nelson Aguilar potentially being the number one receiving option on the team for this season. And Earth's Ertz got banged up too. But those are the same. The I don't have an argument with it being a habanero because I think it is habanero because I think it's a great take, Trey. But I do have a question about your guys' grading scale. Let, let me push back. Okay, no, no, no. I'm no. So about yours. Push back. Jared Goff, third year. Uh, you've got Carson Wentz coming back. He's 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 not going to be as mobile. Carson Wentz is not going to be nearly as good. He's going to miss the first two games. So yeah, you got the Super Bowl hero starting the two games for the Eagles, but then you got this Carson Wentz who's not going to be as good. So the situation is actually worse for Aguilar. In his <laughs> so with, the, with the, the Eagles the didn't win a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Am I missing something here? So he didn't. So Nick Foles is horrible. They can't game plan for that. Nick Foles is going to stink. This here's my hope. I'll I'll change it. He's going to stink. The, the the first two games of the year he's going to no, be. I kind of kind of agree with that. QB QB two best. <laughs> so, I mean that's fine. Uh, yeah, QB twos put up wide receiver ones all the time. Uh, anyway, okay. Let, no, let me go with my real one. This is not. This is going to be a shock. So, but wait, we're uh, uh, focusing on on habanero, or we're going? I went habanero with it. Okay. Personally, what do you think? We have to come to a consensus, though. So you, that's where I'm. I'm at. Where do you? Where are you at? Do you yeah. Want, you and I'll go. I'll go habanero. I don't know. You're just doing top 18 in full PPR? That's right. 
when he was top when he was twenty two in full PPR last year. Yeah, but you know that was kind of inflated. Four by slots him. like Alshon Jeffrey was eighteenth <laughs> in PPR last year. I don't know. I don't think that's that hot then. Let's let's look at it then. Let, let's let's look where so we're a half point last year. So a better well, offense overall. Twenty two. Yeah. Uh, you, Will's kind of starting to sway me here. Trey. Here's the thing that you're talking about going at four spots. So, but he also he also had eight six. touchdowns on only sixty two catches. He the guy he had the same number of catches. He had a lot of red zone targets though. A lot of red zone. Yeah, targets. yeah, but touchdown regressions coming to that offense. How many rushing touchdowns do they have? Like last in the league or bottom? So I, I mean, I think that the wide receiver twenty two finish is a little bit inflated because of the, the mm. touchdowns. I, I don't know that he repeats. I, I think the volume goes up. I think his catches and yards go way up. I don't even know if he gets to eight touchdowns again because I think that the regression is going to come, and I don't think that offense is going to be uh, nearly as good, with, as Ryan said, with, with – um, I mean, in, you know, in ADP, he's currently going like over around behind Cooper Cup. They, so, also, lost, they also lost Trey Burton the uh, number one tight end ever. So and it's, guess where, guess, where he, there. guess where he ranked in red zone targets in, in, in the league last year. Guess where he ranked. Any, any guesses? He was in the top 10. I think not, not quite number, number 14 overall. Yeah. So he, so he saw 18 uh, red zone targets. Um, so. Which that's only going to go up with Alshon hurt. So uh, I, I think, I think Habanero, uh, cause I was just basically deciding between that I think Hamonero's there because I do you really believe that hard in Nelson Aguilar and how long he's been there? So I'll go. I'll, I'll, I'll live with Habanero. I do think it's important for us to discuss and talk through why these things are with the red zone targets and just regression and things like that. And yeah. honestly, like I just I, yeah, I think I think I think Habanero's good. All right, and Trey, if you get that right and he's top eighteen, uh, kudos, kudos to you, man. Like I, I love that take in that sense, but I do think it's super risky still. Well, and I, I, I think more than anything, the, the surprise to me is, is how late he's going in ADP. I mean, yeah. because there was even, like, if you look at it, it's, he's actually the 103rd player in their ADP listing. But if you go across the board, he was actually taken only, the earliest was 101st. Like, there's some guys like Peyton Barber's their 104th player. He was taken in one draft at 71st and in another one at 141st. So, you know, Nelson Aguilar is not being taken in the top 100 players in full PPR. And, you know, we're, we're talking about how, you know, top 18 production is, is not unreasonable. So I think he's a guy that's easily and, – and I don't think he's valued where, where he – you know, I, I mean, I, I was tempted to say top 15 because I think that he really could break out and have a 1,000-yard campaign. I mean, he was Are you saying top 15? No, I'm just saying, I, like, I don't think it's unreasonable, especially with Alshon missing, missing a little bit of time. I mean, I, I think Nelson Aguilar is a huge buy right now. In redraft and dynasty. Yeah, uh, very good. Uh, let, so let, let me get mine, and, and then Will, you can you can rapid fire some hot bullet spicy takes, and we'll do instant reaction. Um, this this will be quick. Corey Davis, he's going to be a wide receiver one, so top twelve wide receiver half point PPR. What do you guys think? Corey Milk. Davis, breakout candidate. Milk, come on. Where did he finish last year? That uh, I'll go, I'll, I mean, I'll just go, I'll just go, like, uh, I only want to give it Habanero just because I don't think you've earned your own Carolina Reaper take. <laughs> All right. That's fair. Uh, I, I, I'll give whatever you guys want. I, I mean, I don't care. Cause I don't, I don't think it's that bold. Cause I, I think he's going to be great. So Trey. Yeah. I think, what did you say? Will? 
I could go Habanero or I could go Carolina Reaper. It's in the middle. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that it's going to be – I think that that's Carolina Reaper for me. I know I said it jokingly early on, but I really do think Taewon Taylor is going to have a really productive year there in Tennessee. And while I really like the ceiling for Corey Davis, I just don't think – I mean, to, to be a top 12 wide receiver – He's going to probably have to have 11 or 1,200 yards or 12 or 13 touchdowns. And I just don't see either happening. I think Delaney Walker is going to check be the, the – and check. So, I, I, just don't, I just don't see either of them happening. Um, you guys want to meet in the middle then? If you're a Habanero and you're a Carolina Reaper, you might call it – No, I'll, I'll, I'll go Carolina Reaper just because uh, – so, some receivers last year that, that should have finished in the top 12 that didn't or potentially that I would take clearly over them in the top 12. So, we have – uh, Mike Evans, T.Y. Hilton. Uh, there's a couple other, like, uh, you know, Odell's coming back. So there's three spots to me at least that are significant. And even the Demarius Thomas, because of their quarterback play last year, I think all four of those guys have significantly higher likelihoods of finishing in the top 12 than Corey Davis. Yeah, the, the one thing that does make me nervous is he didn't really show anything in the preseason. And, and Marcus Mariota hasn't. <laughs> no, he hasn't looking particularly good. I mean, this is where I'm, like, dismissing what I saw in the preseason. I'm just going on what, what I think is going to happen. Because Mariota did not look very good in the preseason when I saw them, guys. So, I mean, if Mariota doesn't take a step forward, then this, this doesn't happen. I, I have to acknowledge that. So, all right, we'll, we'll give it Carolina Reaper then. So, Will, so Will why don't you rapid fire some, some of your other hot, bold, spicy takes for us? We'll all right, so I want to finish. Uh, I don't want to harp too much on one team, but I'm going to go still. Sony Michelle finishes the top eight running back. All right. Uh, I think the back half of that season is really going to promote him up to it. Think about what Dean Lewis did last year and what he came up to and where he finished at that season's end. Uh, I think with how they cut their running backs too, really solidified this for me because I was doing top 12 and then all of a sudden they don't have much left on that roster. So clearly they think Michelle's going to be healthy and fine. And I've been on him all off season anyway. I, and I, I don't think this should be a big surprise because I, his talent is there. His yeah, there. his talent's there, but to but where, where he want. finished, that's, so. I'd, I'd go Carolina Reaper on that personally. So that's, that's hot. I like it. That's an easy Carolina Reaper for me. Honestly, I'd probably be in the Habanera range if you said top 18. So, uh, yeah, I just think that, that the touchdown upset there and that team, what they've done with cutting their wide receivers and with how the offense is going to look. In general, that's just – I mean, if I'm going to make a take – the guy that I believe in on that team, and it's running like who I think is going to be the starting running back for the Patriots. I got to go high. Uh, next, and I'm going to stick with the Patriots. It's not my, I didn't mean to go back to back purposely, but Gronk finishes the third best pass catcher. So wide receiver tight end uh, overall. Ooh, nice. I love it. I, I still think, cause you know, my Michael Thomas, mm, eat up Michael <laughs> Thomas all day. And I do think Antonio Brown, that was the only reason Michael Thomas was two in that first hot take. Because I think Antonio Brown is going to be right there. Because Michael, like Antonio Brown is just, just so good at the football. It's just so good. You got to love. You watch and appreciate everything Antonio Brown does, and just just relish in the fact that you get to watch it and appreciate it. Uh, right. Michael Thomas, right. I think, just the opportunity on that team and what he's going to do. So I want to go Gronk. Just I think it's going to be touchdown upside there, and it might happen in the first four games where he just like puts up like eight touchdowns for no reason because they know their pass catcher is what's happening. Then after that, they all come together. And that's when Sean Michelle takes over and he just stop it. So I think they, they, they have like three wide receivers on the team. I, last time I saw the, the depth. Oh, they, they, maybe you want to do something with Cordell Patterson so bad, but I just can't. So, <laughs> I, just, yeah, I just couldn't get myself around. That's just too ridiculous. So I, but I think Gronk has it in him for him to go out on this high note 
and when he's done with his career and then do like his advertising career, whatever else can take off. And I think Gronk's going to have a massive year. He's one, he's going to have to, or he's going to get hurt. That's the two options for that team. So that's like a half banana pepper for me. I mean, unless <laughs> if, if, if he, in the league, but with, with his, with yeah. his history. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, if, I, he I, play, I, if, if he plays 16 games, it's a lock. It's an absolute lock. If he plays 16 games this year, which isn't completely unreasonable. It is an absolute lock. He could play 13 games and still do it. Like I'll score, I'll score Antonio Brown, Michael Thomas. You said top three. Top three yeah. pass catcher. Top three right. pass catcher. So I'll score Keenan Allen. Yeah, I love Gronk, but I don't think he's ever done it before. Let me like 2011 would have been his closest. He scored 285 fantasy points. I'm going to check to see it where he finished that year. But but keep talking. Yeah, I th- I just think that he's going to be a huge target monster in that offense. And then I think when they get in the red zone, I mean, I, I don't think it's unreasonable for him to have 16, t- 15, 16 touchdowns. So I, I just think that the, the, the touchdown upside, he could also catch 80 balls. I mean, I, you know, I, I just. So my, so my opinion is if this is a, if it's been a prefer, I can live with that, but that also means that you're taking Gronk over Keenan Allen in every single redraft league. Well, and maybe late first round, like you're taking him over, any other wide receiver besides Antonio Brown? Yeah, I think he's there. I think that, you know, that we talked about this with Scott Fishbowl, and, you know, there's a little bit of a premium there for tight ends. But, you know, I think Gronk is back to being a huge positional advantage at tight end. Last year, I liked Kelsey better than I did Gronk. But this year, with the subtraction of uh, Brandon Cooks, with the subtraction of Julian Edelman the first four games – I just think that the upside for Gronk is significantly higher than it has been previously. Like you mentioned, the wide receiving core there. And and then when they get in, I mean. Yeah. He's going to outscore Julio Jones and A.J. Green. I, I was going to say, though, he in t- 2011, uh, d- maybe different wide receivers in the league, but he did it in 2011, Gronk. He was uh, number three among wide receivers and tight ends in full point PPR. So it was Calvin Johnson, Wes Welker, believe it or not, and then Gronk. Uh, number three so so he's done it before in his in his career so but still I agree with you Will I think to get there with the elite wide receivers in the league it would be it would be something for sure but he's gonna have a great I mean assuming with the half of a banana pepper trick come on no that was yeah that was silly that was silly so let's you want to fire out a couple more because we're we're running out of time one of your listeners we got got a got a mega show here we should come up with a name for it because it's a huge patreon show we want to talk about but but what, what else you got? Let's, let's Again, go quick. Again, I wanted to just be, this is before we talk about things like Kenny Gale, uh is still learning the NFL and learning what he's doing, finishes outside of the top 50 wide receivers. Uh, Vikings win the Super Bowl, yay homerism. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not, I don't know, I'm not kidding by this, Ryan. Uh, Bears make the playoffs. Uh, the three NFC North teams make it in the mix, a la the NFC South last year. I think Carolina's going to be out. I think Atlanta's going to be out. I think the NFC East sucks. Ooh. I think the NFC West sucks outside of the Rams. I'm not kidding. Uh, who else is going to make it? Like, you think that NFC South, the, the Falcons and the Panthers, like the Panthers are decimated the offensive line. They're going to be horrible. So I think, I think the Bears could sneak in as that last wildcard team, and I wouldn't be shocked by that. So I'm going to go ahead and take that as a take before Ryan does. Uh, Yay. Because I think that's possible. And I think that last year they were an underrated team. And the next, uh, the Titans finished with four wins. Uh, I think these coaching, these coaching changes, these hirings are being significantly overrated. And I think the Bears are going to be better than than anticipated, maybe, but not like they're not the Rams of last year. But they'll sneak in potentially. But I think the Titans is what they've shown us. 
look horrible. And I don't think the Titans are going to be better. And I, I think they finished with four wins. I think LaFleur like LaFleur is going to be looked at one of the hirings that was went awry and it's like, yay, young offense coordinator, like, you oh, know, this new trendy offenses, except for the that system and what they're doing there. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to go wrong. So I'm going four wins. And I think that, that division, sorry, last thing, I think that division with the Texans and the Jaguars and the culture, this can be better. They're not going to be great, but no, uh, the, the Titans are, the Titans are worse and they're just going to be bad. All right. That's good. So we'll get, we'll keep talking until this recording hits off because one of the things we want to do while we're doing on Patreon is that we have the zoom software we use. It cuts us off when they're there. All three of us are on after 40 minutes. We have to splice the show together. That's one of the many things we want to do. That's why we appreciate your support. Uh, we have to pay for hosting for the show. We want to grow the show. We want to develop a website someday. So that's why we want your support on Patreon. You can help us make the show better by becoming a Patreon patron for as little as $1.99 a month. That's like skipping a coffee one day. Um, go to patreon.com slash fantasy Joe's. It's in the show notes, patreon.com slash fantasy Joe's. We should recognize our new Patreon subscribers. And I'm going to do that now. Uh, <laughs> so we should have done it earlier. So I apologize. So we've got three new ones. We've got Keith Richardson, Keith, what's going on, man. Uh, Keith on Sunday for the show. Uh, Peter Charon, Peter, I hope you have your last name pronounced correctly. It's Sharon. Sharon. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. And someone else joined and I, Jake Patterson. That's right. Jake wasn't a Patreon supporter until uh, this week. So we appreciate your support guys. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So this is a little bit of a preview you know, this is unedited off the cuff. Some of it, um, th- this is what you get from Patreon. So thank I you. Just come up with some good nicknames for our Patreon subscribers. So each one gets like a bump. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm going to assign that to you, Will. So you're, you're on it. Yeah. It's going to take some time. This isn't like, I'm not messing around here. <laughs> All right. So thanks, Patreon supporters. Thanks for listening. We've got a couple minutes left before it cuts it off. So we're just going to, we'll just keep talking and then abruptly the show will end and our listeners will know that's the end of the show. Or we can stop here. <laughs> oh, hey, I'm Trey Burton. I signed a big deal. Deion Sims got paid almost the same meal. Hey, who do you guys think is going to be the biggest bust in, in, um, in that that didn't get hurt? I mean, don't say Jarek McKinnon, but Trey Burton. He's going. To Trey Burton. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not really not kidding. <laughs> All right, fair enough. What, uh, Trey, Trey, what do you think? Your biggest like bust for 2018, not for Dynasty and so much. I think you throw it out there too. Tyreek Hill. Ooh. Ouch, man. <sighs> no, I got Brian. Um, biggest bust. You know. I'll go with um, I'll go with Royce Freeman. I don't really believe in that though, so much, for Roy- but where he's getting drafted, I think I just think he's going to disappoint. I just think Booker's going to be annoying. I, I just don't know. I just don't know how good that Denver offense is going to be. So I, I just think he's going to disappoint people from where where they took him. Um, I don't think he's going to be like a complete like bust bust like be awful, but I don't think he's going to be a, a running back one. I think a lot of people expect that. So yeah, Lamar Miller would be another one. If you take Lamar Miller over JHI, I'm just so sad for you. <laughs> but if you're right I, I'll, I'll i'll take it in stride i'm sorry <laughs> way to hedge those bets there that was well no, it's just like uh I, I don't want to be like too overly aggressive about like saying you're wrong because the nfl has like weird things that happen like watch mike wallace be a wide receiver one this year somehow because alshon jeffrey uh is hurt the whole year and nelson Aguilar ends up still sucking so uh mike wallace ends up as uh you know top 15 wide receiver he's on that team and they still need to pass I'll give another guy I'm worried that's going to bust a little bit this year. It's Kareem Hunt. I, I do worry about Kareem Hunt. Um, I, I just 
I hope so. Why? Why is Cream Hunt going to bust? I, I just think the, the usage there, I mean, if you, if you look at his year last year, I, I don't know how special he is. I, I, you know, I, I think he's a good running back. I just don't think he's great. Um, I think we remember some big plays from the Patriots game, but if you look at, you know, the, the course of his, his season last year, I don't know. I just, I don't, I, mean, I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to be like God awful. I just don't think he's necessarily this locked in running back one that everyone thinks he is. That's all. I, I mean, I think he's going to be okay, but um who would you just hire their higher in their respective rankings, Kareem Hunt or Trey Burton? Well, who do you think? That, well, one that well, one more thing I want to say about Kareem Hunt. It's game script too, because I, th- I think the Chiefs are going to be behind a lot. I guess he's going to use in the passing game, but so what? Trey Burton or, or Kareem Hunt in terms of? Yeah, they finished like RB what versus tight end what? Oh, compared to where they're going. So like, so like Kareem Hunt finishes like what? Our running back ten overall. Trey Burton finishes what overall? I think Burton. I think Burton will finish higher among tight ends than Hunt will among running backs. Yeah, I, I would completely agree with that. Would you want to grab Big Shane better with that? Uh, yep. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't because I like both of them. I, I think they're both gonna have good seasons. Ryan sounds like Ryan's in. I'm in. And one of those things in the grab Big Shame is gonna be the cream. Ryan, what about Diggs versus Hill? Tyreek versus Stephon Diggs. Ooh. In? We both said top six. Whoops, my, my, my wall just fell behind me. I guess that means I'm in. Yes, I'll, I'll do it. Love it.